Saratoga Lights presents A Leaf. Did you call your father? The inquiry would be posed to Lonnie every week by his mother as they talked on the phone. She would catch him up as to all the goings-on of the family, some of whom Lonnie only had the vaguest recollection. And when the questions became more pointed as to what he had been up to, Lonnie would politely deflect. How is Aunt Arlene doing? Or, how was your garden looking this season? Still, his mother would ask week after week. Did you call your father? After his father passed away, the conversations with his mother continued as always, though with a tinge of sadness. Instead of inquiry, his mother would quietly lament to him, I wish you had called your father. That is, until a few months later, when the phone stopped ringing altogether. His mother, too, went to be with the Lord. Lonnie didn't know the first thing about farming, but when his mother passed away, she left him with a modest inheritance and the loving admonition to create something beautiful. And though the bankers and creditors took the bulk of the money, not giving too much credence to the last will and testament of the dearly departed, Lonnie figured the best way to honor his mother's wishes was to buy a plot of land to grow crops upon, as had been her lifelong dream. Recently out of the army, and with no other more promising economic prospects, Lonnie undertook this new endeavor. With the remainder of the estate free and clear of any claim, Lonnie was able to buy a small, rundown farmhouse, buttressed on each side by similarly rundown properties at the end of Dairy Lane. On the day that he took possession of the property, Lonnie noticed an older man waiting at the mailbox next door, with a cigarette dangling from his lip, bound as he was to a wheelchair. As Lonnie moved box after box into the house, the man sat and waited on the street, until the hour that the mailman finally appeared, only to be told that there was nothing to be delivered that day. As the man tried to maneuver his wheelchair back onto the curb, he lost his balance and fell backwards into the street. Lonnie rushed over to help the man get back into his chair and safely to his front door. This was the first time he met his neighbor, Warren. But far from the last time, Lonnie witnessed him go end over pitcher as he would repeatedly wind up toppled over any number of bushes, shrubbery, or sidewalk around the house. Lonnie did the best he could to cultivate his small collection of crops. He tilled the soil in the yard and installed hoses and repaired his small plot of land to the best of his abilities. And the day he finally laid his seed in meticulously spaced rows, he observed his work from the back porch and felt a sense of accomplishment, unrivaled by any other moment in his life. In his journal that evening, he simply wrote, Today was a good day. The next morning, he awoke to see each and every seed resting atop the soil next to the hole that he had pressed them in the day prior. Befuddled, Lonnie repeated the same process, making sure to press the seeds further into the soil this time and saturating the ground with more water. Yet, he awoke the following day to a similar scene. Rows and rows of single seeds perfectly laying on the ground next to their intended earthen incubators. Undeterred, he set about testing every variable he could imagine. He fortified the fence, installed traps along the perimeter, retilled the soil, consulted books, almanacs, and even the old timers at the tractor supply in the hopes of finding a solution to his problem. And yet, the soil would not take his seed. Is there a meteor shower tonight? Huh? I heard that there was. Lonnie joined Warren in looking at the sky, though he had no idea what he was looking for and had serious doubts as to whether Warren did either. 
Yeah, I don't know, Warren. I just don't know which way it's coming. As Lonnie sat in his kitchen that evening, pondering the various failures and disappointments in his life over a small slice of Salisbury steak, up to and including his attempt at farming, a noise in the backyard arrested his attention. He quickly grabbed a flashlight and went to investigate the fence line, supposing it might be some kind of rodent or vermin that was the source of his botanical woes. As a small beam of light illuminated the ground before him, Lonnie couldn't see anything out of the ordinary, nor could he hear any more rustling or commotion. The night was still. Quiet. Lonnie looked up to the void above him and saw nothing, save for a few dim stars. Did you call your father? Suddenly, Lonnie was startled by a noise and the frightful realization that someone or something was behind him. He spun around before the perceived predator could overtake him. His flashlight extended. The steel object swung in self-defense with as much force as Lonnie could place into it and came into contact with flesh and bone, an unmistakable feeling. A sharp cry of pain called out, but quickly fell off into nothingness, like the rest of the void around him. Lonnie hesitantly shined his flashlight before him and saw an overturned wheelchair with the body of Warren strewn across the earth resting next to it. He watched his neighbor, quietly praying to whatever God would still give him the time of day for some sign of life in the old man. For hours, he watched for a rise in the chest or a disruption in the blades of grass in front of his nostrils, yet he saw nothing. Did you call your father? Lonnie hastily grabbed a shovel and started digging in his yard, heaving clumps of soil behind him with speed and tenacity. The recently tilled earth moved fast as Lonnie raced to complete the task before the light of day exposed his deeds. He dragged the lifeless body of Warren into the grave and set about covering him, patting the last bit of earth down atop him and tossing the wheelchair over the fence into Warren's backyard. As the sky began to brighten with the rising sun in the east, Lonnie collapsed in his bed, covered in dirt and sweat and blood, some of which was from his hands rubbed raw from digging, some of which was from Warren. When he awoke hours later, he looked out to the backyard and saw rows and rows of rice had sprouted covering the familiar dirt yard with a luscious green and golden vegetation. Lonnie was amazed at the sight of it all. He went outside to examine his crops, to touch and smell them to confirm it wasn't some fever dream, each stem and tiller rising from the ground as beautiful as a painting. Lonnie set about harvesting his crops and putting the deeds of the previous night out of his mind, working in the yard until the sun had completely dropped below the horizon. The next morning, he awoke to rows and rows of rice ready to be harvested. So again, he set about collecting his crops until the sun went down. The process repeated so often, Lonnie was almost unable to keep up with what the earth was providing him. One afternoon, Lonnie was again working and noticed the yard was dead in the corner of the lot where the body of Warren lay buried. The once lush vegetation and the hospitable topsoil had given way to a blackened, burned earth with an ashen texture. Strange, Lonnie thought to himself. The next day, Lonnie examined the same portion of the yard once more, 
and could swear that it had grown even larger overnight. What's all this? Lonnie turned from his task and saw a police officer casually leaning over his fence. Rice. The officer nodded and began asking if he'd seen his neighbor recently. Mailman hadn't seen him, daughter couldn't get a hold of him and was worried, so on and so forth. So they're out here doing a welfare check. No. Guess it's been a couple days since I talked to him. What did y'all talk about? Stars. The officer, seemingly satisfied with his answers, offered Lonnie a business card and asked him to give him a call if he heard anything. As Lonnie took the card from the officer, he noticed a large burn on his index finger, black and decrepit, extending from the nail to the knuckle. After the officer had left, he put a salve on and covered the wound, making sure to bandage it tightly. That evening, Lonnie again sat at his table, pondering the twists and turns of his life up until that point, though with a much brighter disposition towards the future than he had felt prior. Did you call your father? As Lonnie thought on the inquiry that he was always ashamed to answer, he scooped a heaping of steamed rice into his mouth, drenched in the sauce of a Salisbury steak. As his right hand held the fork, one could clearly see the edges of the wound had extended beyond the previous boundary of the bandage. It had grown larger and more rotten, but Lonnie didn't notice. He just took another bite of his meal. Today was a good day. A Leaf is written and directed by Randall LaRue. Audio recording and engineering by Matthew David Rudd. Music by Randy Reynolds. Narrated by Jordan Taylor. Until next time. <laughs>